Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Generation GC. My name is Molly and I'm your host and this week we're talking about Meet My Maker from The Chronicles of Life and Death with Kate Burtz. Last week we talked about moving on from The Young and the Hopeless. Next week we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. Kate is a former history major turned wannabe author. She has a black Pomeranian named Draco and a giant orange tabby cat named Ra, but she wants to save all the animals. She's been listening to GC for 19 years, and she's always itching to travel somewhere new, especially if GC is involved. Now, before we go into the episode, I wanted to give you all a content and trigger warning that this episode does discuss death and suicide. It relates to the content of the song. Um, There are no graphic incidents. We don't mention any, you know, methods or specific examples of harm, but it is something that's discussed pretty in depth here, just relating to the song itself. And look, if you need to turn off this episode and catch up with us next week, that's okay. I'm promising you now, next week, episode 36 is uh, not going to be something that will be triggering in that way. I also wanted to leave some resources for you. You can call if you're in the U.S. You can call 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255, or text HOME to 741-741 for Crisis Text Line. And those people in Crisis Counselors, they're amazing. They're such a great resource if you are in crisis. It's uh, it's Sunday morning, November 8th, as I'm recording this. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I slept better last night than I have in a while definitely better than I have in the past week. Waiting for the projected winner of the election to be announced, I I think had us all on edge. Like, I know I'm not alone in just spending all those days refreshing the results every five minutes, kind of expecting a winner to be announced, even though you know it wouldn't happen yet. But uh, yesterday, Joe Biden was announced as the 46th president of the United States with Kamala Harris as his vice president. This is a huge win for democracy, and it's been so amazing to see people celebrating. I encourage you to celebrate. Um, Be responsible, be safe, you know, wear masks and socially distant, but celebrate because you should. We should. Votes in a lot of states were really close in this election, which just goes to show the importance of voting, even if you're in a state that's always gone red or always gone blue, like Georgia. Georgia was so close, but (laughs) Georgia went in a direction that a lot of people didn't expect. And it might not have gone in that direction if people had decided, well, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote matters. I know that Joe Biden wasn't everyone's first choice for president initially. Uh, Wasn't who a lot of you voted for in the primaries. He wasn't who I voted for in the primaries. But this is a really important step in the right direction. Uh, We're getting Trump out of office, and that's huge. We're saying we don't want this. We don't stand for this. We don't accept this anymore. That's really important. We're also going to have our first female vice president. And not only that, but she's a woman of color. You shouldn't vote for someone because of their gender or because of their race. Uh, Although I will say it feels kind of funny to say that because how many people wouldn't vote for someone that was a woman or wouldn't vote for someone that's not white because of They weren't a white man, you know. But look, someone's gender, someone's race is not the defining thing that should make you vote for them. And I'm not saying that Kamala Harris is without fault. She's not. But 
it is really cool. It is really exciting to me to see a female vice president. And I think about all the little girls right now that are going to be able to look at her and go, hey, maybe that could be me one day. Maybe I could be vice president. Maybe I could even be president. And that's really cool. And this isn't on the same level as all that, but it's also pretty exciting to me that Joe Biden's German Shepherd Major is also going to be the first rescue dog in the White House. There's so many dogs that need homes. Dobby, who's my family dog, is a rescue dog. So many of my friends have rescue dogs. I love rescue dogs. That's pretty exciting, too. And maybe that'll encourage people to uh, continue adopting and choosing to adopt instead of shop for dogs. I think what's most important to me, though, what really sticks out to me already is something that Biden tweeted. He tweeted after winning that he would be a president for all Americans, regardless of whether or not they voted for him. And that's already a huge difference from the Trump administration. The president is not just the president for people who like him. The president is the president for everyone. Look, our country isn't saved. There's work to be done. There's a ton of work to be done. But none of the work would happen without getting Trump out of office. This is a really important step. We're going in the right direction. I feel relieved. I feel a weight off my chest. As a woman, I I feel... I don't feel worried that my, uh, my health and my liberties to do what I want with my body are at risk. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for the first time in quite a while, I, I can say that I feel proud to be an American. So it's pretty cool. And I wanted to remind you all to still check out antifeminism.card.co and blacklivesmatters.card.co to keep learning more about antisemitism and the Black Lives Matter movement, respectively. It's so important. It's so great to see that our leadership is uh, changing in this country, but fighting injustice also needs to happen on the individual level. And that begins with educating ourselves and knowing what other people's lives are like and knowing what challenges they face and knowing how we can help and how we can be an ally. So please continue doing that. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. Do you want a sticker? Two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. And that helps me sustain the show and have the right equipment, as well as do things like print stickers and get them mailed to y'all. Number two, donate to a charitable organization. There is a ton of them listed at blacklivesmatters.card.co that could really use your help. And then you are going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation and your mailing address. You can DM me on Twitter or Instagram at GenerationGCPodPod or email GenerationGCPod at gmail.com and I'll mail you stickers. I'll also occasionally tweet or post on the Instagram story about other ways y'all can get stickers, whether that's good deeds you can do or ways to help spread the word about the show. So make sure you're following. This has been another long intro. I know the past few were pretty short, but yeah, I certainly had a lot to say today. Um, I think this is a great episode. I really appreciate all of you tuning in. It's so gratifying and rewarding to me that people uh, not only check out the podcast, but they continue to listen. What my stats tell me is that a lot of people, most people who check out the show, they don't just listen to one episode. They listen to several episodes and that's awesome so thanks for tuning in thanks for staying engaged thanks for being awesome and now on to episode 35 so 
Meet My Maker is one of two bonus tracks available on the Chronicles of Life and Death. And Kate, I was so excited that we were going to do this because I love talking about these bonus tracks and deep cuts and hidden tracks and everything. Right. They're always the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Meet My Maker was the bonus track on the death version of the album. The life version had a song called Falling Away. So... Whichever version you got, track 14 was In This World, Murder. And then mm-hmm. track 15 would be either Meet My Maker or Falling Away. And no matter which one you got, Wounded was like an extra bonus track. Yep. I thought that was cool because a lot of times it's like just one bonus track. So it's like you kind of technically have two. Right. Depending on I'm- which version. Yeah, and I actually never owned the life version. I always had really? the death. Really? Yeah, my sister had the life version, and I had the death version, which, That's... I mean, I guess says a lot about who we are as people. But... <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask. Did you have either? I had, so the album came out on the day of my bat mitzvah rehearsal, uh, and my dad that day bought me the life version so that was the cd i had but i do remember getting an itunes gift card and my first ipod for the bat mitzvah (laughs) and then the itunes gift card was used to purchase the death version on itunes right as you would (laughs) as i would as i would i i have been thinking about buying the death version uh on amazon just to kind of have it but yeah i actually have to replace all of my physical well no except for generation rx is the only physical copy i have of any of their cds anymore oh really what happened to all of them um my car has been broken into many times over the years (gasps) and i had several um not so great relationships one of which was with someone who for whatever reason was adamantly against me liking good charlotte so he trashed all of my physical copies. Oh my god! All, all of my shirts that I had, what? I have, I have actually my very first Good Charlotte shirt that I got in sixth grade. I still have. Yeah. Yay! I managed to salvage that one somehow. But yeah, I mean, it it not not to you know diminish it, but it sounds like you are quite clearly much better off without that person. Oh yes, unfortunately. We do have a child together, but... Oh, no. Yeah. Such is life. I guess you live and you learn. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So a little more about the life versus death versions. So they both had pretty much the same, very similar cover art, both by Billy Martin. The life version looked like new, and the death version looked like, I guess, a book or something that was just really, really old. So... I I was, like, trying to figure out what was the kind of difference. Like, how would you get either one? I remember, and I would love to hear maybe, because I, I don't know, but I remember where I was in New Jersey, because uh, I would, like, look for the death version in stores. It felt to me like the life version was easier to find. Would you agree with that, Memory? Yeah. Um, I I vaguely remember stumbling across the death version when I bought it at yeah. one of the local CD stores in Denver. Cause I like grew up in Colorado. Okay. So I don't, 
I think I kind of sought that one out because they had said, or it would have been announced that there were two, the two versions. Right. Um, and me being who I am, I just went after the darker one. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I was seeking that one out. I don't recall ever actually actively looking for the life version, but I think most of the people I knew that had the album had the life version. Yeah. I like, I know that Taylor Swift, for example, has done a bunch of like deluxe editions that you can only get at target kind of thing. Right. So I wonder if it was something like that, where it was based on certain stores, like certain chains would have this certain chains would, would like, also get a shipment of the death version. Right. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, I get maybe it was by, by city, but I, I don't know. I feel like it was by stores, but I, I don't know. I, Hey, if anyone listening has an actual answer as to like how you could get which version, I would love to hear it. Um, I would also note that people on Amazon who reviewed this album said that they liked this song, so you should get the death version. <laughs> um, they're both very easy to find now, y'all. So if if you, like Kate, are looking to replace your physical copies of Good Charlotte's discography, you can get both. Uh, I also wanted to note as we're introducing this song, so I was this was really fun to learn. So this album was produced, engineered, mixed, and mastered by Eric Valentine, who had also done The Young and the Hopeless. But this song, Meet My Maker, was mixed by Jaquire King with assistance from Andy Hunt. I did not recognize that name, admittedly, when I read it, but this gentleman has more than 35 Grammy nominations to date. He, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Good Charlotte is from DC and he's worked with some very big names. So just a few, Tom Waits, Switchfoot, Modest Mouse, Kings of Leon, Of Monsters and Men, Chase Rice, Niall Horan, Shania Twain, and like many more. So that was very cool. I would love to learn about the story of how Good Charlotte brought this guy into the mix. Right. Yeah, that's a name that I, because when I was looking over everything, I yeah. didn't recognize that name either. I mean, admittedly, no. though, I don't, as much as I listen to music and I love music and my father's a local musician out here mm -hmm. in North Carolina, I don't know a whole lot of like the producing side and all of that. I don't recognize yeah. a whole lot of names. So it doesn't surprise me that I don't know it, but he, if he's, you know, that big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> right. So, Kate, before we dive into Meet My Maker in detail, I wanted to help our guests get to know you. So, first thing I like to ask everyone is, when did you first hear Good Charlotte, and what were your first thoughts on them? Um. So, I've been trying to remember if it was, like, I know it was right around the um, the Young and the Hopeless when that mm -hmm. came out, but I don't I don't remember if it was before Lifestyles came out and okay. like around the time that Not Another Teen Movie got really big because that's the first time I actually remember like putting the two and two together, kind of. Okay, was seeing Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah, that's still one of my favorite movies. So. It 
so I had watched it like when I was in high school. So it had been out for a few years. I don't remember like when it came out. And it was 2001? 2001, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt like there were a lot of parts of that that did not age very well. Uh-uh. But, it, you know, a lot of, like, some really offensive stuff. But yes. there was a lot, a lot of, like, I, I really enjoyed all of the, like, detailed references to all of the teen movies over the years. Yeah, I think that's what I still am drawn to about it. Because, yes, it is deeply offensive in some yeah. some obvious aspects. Um, but I think, I think it was a combination of right around the time um, Lifestyles came out and mm-hmm. seeing that movie because I had watched it with some friends and stuff and we always watched the credits because we had no lives. We didn't have right. anything else to do. Um, so we would look for songs and stuff that we liked from movies and go download them because Napster and LimeWire. Yep, yep. And, um, and I think that's where I saw the name the first time. And then right around that time is when they started really picking up traction in Colorado and like mm-hmm. you hear them on all the alt stations and, and that was also right around my like rebellious phase, I guess. Okay. Okay. I grew up in a very religious household. Um, and I was raised by my grandparents, so they were okay. very strict and, I couldn't do, you know, anything. So finding music that I could get away with listening to and not get in yeah. trouble for listening to at home, but also would like, I liked. Yeah. Was huge. It, like it was rebellious, were, but you could get away with it kind of. Right. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't allowed yeah. to go see them. God forbid I go see <laughs> them. They played Red Rocks. Oh. The day I got or continuated from eighth grade, they played Red Rocks, and I oh, was I would have been like, um, yeah, peace out. You know, I'll get my eighth grade diploma in the mail. Let me go see Charlotte at Red Rocks. Right? Yeah. No. Well, my grandpa was a an Arapahoe County Sheriff. Oh wow. There's uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to get away with even remotely <laughs> leaving the house to do that. I remember so i did dance my last few years of high school and senior year the recital was the day of my high school graduation and i told my parents i was like well i'll just like leave graduation and go right to the recital graduation's like in the afternoon my parents were like no i was like what i was so mad um, yeah <laughs> so kate in your bio to me you told me that you are an author as well as a history major so mm-hmm. what are like your favorite areas or eras of history to study um i really really love the paleolithic era okay and, like stonehenge and all of that and um like pre-roman okay um but I'm also a huge tutor nerd. I love the tutors. Um, for my 30th birthday, I was supposed to go do the Anne Boleyn tour in England with my mother. <laughs> yes. That didn't happen. But Oh, man. Um, yeah, we're still planning it eventually. Yeah. I just want it, <laughs> want it a little safer to travel. Yeah, a little bit safer would be nice. I like I'm okay with driving. 
now, but like I, I don't right. think I would be okay with getting on a plane unless it was like, you know, emergency, like had to fly to someone's funeral or something. But you know, right. knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, I I actually have to get on a plane next month to take my son to Colorado to see his dad. Oh wow. The, the second flight I've had to take since all of this started. Oh my gosh. Because I had to take him in March to see, or not March, I'm sorry, May to see his dad as well. So. Oh, wow. Mm, it's a little nerve wracking right now. I'm not a yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I wish you, I wish you safe travels because that's definitely, definitely uh, nerve wracking to have to get on a plane. I would love to also hear, Kate, about your writing. Are there any projects that you want to share or talk about? So I have done the exact opposite of what it seems that most people have done during this pandemic where I had a project started and I was really digging into it and I had first four chapters of a novel started. Awesome. And then everything, the world just kind of started catching fire. Right. And I just haven't done anything with it. Yeah. It's, it's hard and I'm sure – so, like, my degree was psych, so I think about, like, personalities and stuff a lot. Um, and I'm sure – because some people, like myself, like, I often cope by doing things. But it's also very normal to be like, I can't do anything right now, right? Uh, I'm sure right. someone, you know, somewhere is has done some kind of study on how that relates to, like, personality types and such. But I get it. It's, it's hard and you got to – focus on staying alive like literally and just staying safe and keeping your loved ones safe oh right well and i so i also have three lovely children Mm -hmm. um two of them are doing virtual learning okay so trying to balance the virtual learning with working full-time because i'm in management for a retail store so working full-time raising three kids i added i got my puppy in march literally days before North Carolina shut down. Oh, wow. Um, it's just, I haven't had time. And then when I do have time, I have 30,000 different ideas running through my head right. at any given time. And I want to sit down and write it out. And then <laughs> I sit in front of my computer and end up on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or Instagram or doing random research for no reason. Yeah, I do that too sometimes. Like, do you ever just get curious about something and you just go down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole for like an hour? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. I'm really into true crime and okay. serial killers. Oh, I can't. That I makes will... me like so anxious. <laughs> I, I will just dive. I'll be sitting. I recently did a Paula Zahn marathon where I just binge watched Paula Zahn for a solid three weeks when I was home. And not doing anything. And I would research these cases as I'm watching the episode (laughs) to find out what happened. And like, when is this person being paroled? And what state is this in? And what are the actual details that they're not telling us? And, oh, it's bad. Oh, my God. My fiance thinks I'm insane. I mean, it's okay. (laughs) It's something like I, as I said, it is not something that is up my alley. It just makes me anxious but i i don't know i like sort of see the appeal and i don't think it's like an unhealthy interest or anything and it's like 
it's pretty common, I think. Right. Yeah, I um, I've noticed a, a lot. It's, I think it's become a lot more okay to talk about being oh, yeah. interested in that stuff, and I oh, think yeah. so. A lot more people are like, "Oh yeah, I, I've always been into that," and it's you know, people you never even guess would be into it. Yeah. But well, some sometimes it's like if you are someone that presents and acts a certain way it's really fulfilling to have an interest or a hobby that's the complete opposite you know because it's like oh these are all these parts of myself i never get to explore right yeah so kate i would love to hear a little bit about your travels so could you tell me your favorite good charlotte related trip that you've taken and your favorite non good charlotte related trip so my favorite Good Charlotte-related trip is Warped Rewind. I went on that cruise. Oh, wow. Oh, it's almost, what, by the time this airs, it'll have been three years. Yeah. And I talk about it <laughs> literally every day. I've got pictures from the cruise hanging up on my walls. I've got, it's, it's bad. But I actually finally finished meeting the band on that trip. Amazing. And I had... Somehow, my sister and our best friend, we all went together and we, like, adopted Christian from Chase Atlantic somehow. Okay. (laughs) And, well, so we had run into Chase Atlantic at the port, like, in the mall thing that they have at the port before we all boarded the ship. And then every time we turned around the first afternoon we were on the ship, they were, like, right there. (laughs) And it got to the point where... We would be hanging out, and like Mitch would be somewhere near us, or Christian and his girlfriend at the time would be there. And at one point, like I think on the second day, it got to be where Christian would be like, Oh, don't go anywhere, I'll be right back and go get a drink and come back and hang out with us. Cool. So, yeah, we were hanging out with Christian a lot, and then at one point, we were hanging out on the side of the ship that was a lot quieter. And we ended up hanging out with Joel for a while. and Amazing. Yeah, it was pretty great. I definitely need that trip to happen again. Yeah. Favorite, favorite non-Good Charlotte-related trip you've taken? New Orleans every time. <gasps> New Orleans is so great. Yes, it is. It's so great. The first time I went was for the cruise because it left from Port of New Orleans. Oh, right. Okay. Um. And then I actually went back for my 30th birthday last year instead of the England trip with my mom. Um, my fiance and I went to New Orleans for five days. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes. It, I plan on going to New Orleans every year once it's safe to do yep. so again. But it's, did, you, did you go to Dat Dog while you were there? No. Oh my gosh. So my, my brother went to school in New Orleans. So there were like a couple trips to see him. Uh, and I had also been with my dad. I had stopped there on tour a couple of times. And I think my brother worked at Dat Dog briefly, but it's like a hot dog stand. And there's, I think, three or four, maybe more. And they're open pretty late. And they have like a bunch of veggie and vegan options. And they'll have like all these sauces and toppings for the dogs and everything. But it's so great. And I always ask people if they've been there when they talk about New Orleans because I love it. It's so great. 
I will have to put that on my list of places to go to when I'm down there next. Oh, highly recommend. Yeah. Also, I had to say hello to your your pup, Draco, and your cat, Ra. Yes. I love that. I've seen pictures of Draco on Twitter, and he is very, very fluffy. Mm-hmm. He is my – so he's my first Pomeranian. I've been obsessed mm-hmm. with them for, like, 15 years. Yeah, they're, like, very fluffy and cute. Yeah, and they're the yeah. greatest. Yeah. So I finally got him, and then I've had my cat for, like, five years. We rescued him, yeah, five years ago this month. So did you name Draco Draco, or was that already his name? Um, no, his name was Cole. Okay. So, yeah, we I saw his picture, and I said, no, his name is Draco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Fitting. Uh-huh. Yes. So, Kate, let's dive into Meet My Maker. All right. So we had connected on Twitter, and I am so happy to have you on the show. Why did you want to talk about this song in particular? I think I've just always been drawn to just this song. It's always mm-hmm. been on any playlist I've ever made. Um, I mean, there were – I was bouncing between, like, six or seven different songs because – Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to choose. Um, but I don't know. Me and my makers just always like calls to me for whatever reason. I love it. I want to clarify some of the lyrics in the chorus. (laughs) So, okay. So I had always heard it as this is the night life leaves me again. That's how I always heard it. That's funny that you say that because that's how I always heard it as well. Yeah. But the lyrics websites I'm seeing all say, this is a night like we've began. Which doesn't really make sense. Like that. No, it doesn't. To, this is the night life leaves me again makes more sense. It, I mean, <laughs> it's, this is the night I die again. Right, right. Or, or you know, maybe I had brushes with death before and here it is again right yeah it the way lyric sites have it written out has never really made sense to me either yeah and i don't remember ever because you know how a lot of bands had lyrics and their cd jackets and stuff i don't remember ever seeing lyrics for the song no i don't so I don't good Charlotte themselves. I don't think they had lyrics for falling away in the life version either. So, Mm-mm. and I don't think you had lyrics for wounded either. No. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's this is the night life leaves me began leaves me again because that just yeah. makes more sense. It absolutely makes more sense. Although that would not be the first time we've kind of debated what we hear in the song versus, you know, what uh, some hazylyrics.com says. Uh, So, Kate, uh, let's talk about what this song means. So I want to hear what you think it means, and then I'll share what what I get from it, what I think it's about. Um, I don't know. For me, like, just... With my background, I've had some mental health struggles. I've always Mm -hmm. dealt with pretty intense suicidal ideology. Um, 
so for me, when I listen to it, it, it makes me think of like somebody that's dealing with the suicidal ideology or having those thoughts or like in that place. Um, I don't know that it's like, you know, it's, they're actually going to die or if it's just like, you know, when you get in one of those really intense ideation mindsets and you're like, well, if I do this, this is what'll happen. What will this person say? More like trying to feel that out, I guess, is how I've always taken it. Yeah. I, I think I see it pretty similarly. Uh, I see it as, you know, the narrator of this song is at his breaking point about to take his life and he's saying he's going to meet God and in whatever way, right? And he's uh-huh. just wondering, like, what's really there and what his legacy is going to be. I, right. I, think, I think to, like, be in this mindset of, oh, what, what are people going to, like, actually think when I'm gone? I think there's a lot of desperation there. Like, you're, you're things have to be pretty bad if you're like, okay, I'm going to end things and I can't take it anymore, but okay, I'm going to meet God. Don't worry about me. I'll see you on the other side. Right. It, it, it's not like SOS is like pleading for help, right? Yes, absolutely. This, this is kind of like, all right, peace. I'm out. See ya. TGYL. Right. Uh, so, you know, we, I mean, you haven't even just talked about, right? Like you're, interest in murder and crime right Uh and i think to like have kind of morbid interests is very normal but i i think saying i don't know there there's a lot of debate and we can get into this uh a little later but some people do think it could just be like you're on your deathbed or you're seriously ill or you're in an accident but I don't know. I really feel like with the context of the rest of the album, like songs like SOS, especially. It, yeah. It, to me, it you know, I'm going to meet my maker tonight. It, it, it very much feels like I am making the choice to be out of here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then, I mean, if it were like a song on, I don't know young and the hopeless or you know a a different album that was more upbeat in general i could see it as you know like the deathbed type thing but the whole chronicles of life and death as a whole yeah is so much darker than their previous albums and yeah so I mean, you even mentioned The Young and the Hopeless, but I would argue on The Young and the Hopeless, they have The Day That I Die, which, like, yes, yes, it's, like, a more upbeat song, and he talks about it being the happiest day of his life, versus in My Maker, the narrator of the song is, like, desperate, he has made his mind up, he is donezo, he is, like, all right, peace, goodbye, see you on the other side maybe so you never i don't know right the day that i die is like all right i'm i'm just like at peace with my decision which like is also actually very dark when you think about it 
It is really dark, especially like for such a young band and at the time so much of their fan base like I oh was, my god I was 13 when this came out and like I loved this song I thought it was a great song but I don't think I fully like grasped this song when oh it came no abs- absolutely not I was gosh when, when did this this album was 04 correct yes yes so I was 15 mm-hmm. so I was very much you know at that angsty like mid-teen phase sure yeah so it was very much in line with like where my mindset was at the time Mm -hmm. um but you know so many other fans were just starting to get into them at like middle school which I mean I started listening to them in middle school but I also started right around you know young and the hopeless so right and then this album was it's just all kind of falling in line with like phases of my life. Yeah. So it's very perfect. But yes, for this album, if I had stumbled across it at like 12, it pretty dark for a 12 year old. Yeah. I mean, like I <laughs> loved it. I thought it was awesome, but I don't oh, think yeah. I completely grasped. I mean, I was even re-listening to it today and like, even songs like I Just Want to Live, I was, like, I appreciated that so much more. Right. I I mean, you know, obviously as you grow up, you have a lot more perspective. But, like, yeah, this, this, this song, I mean, I don't think this song tries to be anything but, right? Like, the, the day that I die, it almost sounds like you're sitting around a campfire playing an acoustic guitar, right? Uh-huh. And it could be, like, a fun song, even though that's also very dark. This song right. sounds dark. Yes. Yeah, it sounds very dark. They have these woes that are, I mean, it's definitely in a minor key, and it just sounds very haunting. It does. And then the the opening line, like, the very beginning of the song. So this says, is it. Yeah. This is my life. And yeah. then, yeah. Well, and more so like the very when he, when the song first starts and it says, This is the way, the way I'll meet my, my maker tonight. Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it, very haunting. Well, it sounds like it was like in a shower or something. It, it sounds very distant. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's intense. And I almost wonder if, because they would have been, what, like, 25 when this came out? Um, and I almost... Mm, yeah. And I say this just because, like, I've been in this position where, like, things that I have written where I was in a really dark place, I did not grasp until after the fact just how dark it was. So I would be curious what that kind of feeling was for them, right? Like... Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure, you know, any any artist, like, has to have some kind of self-awareness to express themselves. But I would be curious if, like, this is a thing that they look back on now and they, like, are like, wow, this is, like, this was a sign that we were, you know, there there were some struggles that uh, needed some help, needed some attention. Right, yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of do the same thing as you. Mine is more so lately when I look back on, like, Facebook memories yeah and i'm like damn who hurt you like yeah what what was that yeah um 
Yeah, I've, do, I've also done the same thing in my writing, and I'll look back, especially from, like, I found a bunch of my old, like, poetry books and stuff from when I was in high school yep. when, we, when we were moving, and I was reading through them while I was packing, and I, I shocked myself at, like, the things I was saying, and I didn't even realize what I was saying and, like, what I was implying with it as I was writing, you know, 16 years ago. Yeah, I uh, I put out a book coming up on a year by the time this comes out, uh, December 2019, and it's called I Told You I Hated New York. And I think the book overall is positive, but and that's, like, really the message I wanted to leave despite talking about, like, struggles, right? But oh. there are even things that I looked back on when I was putting that together, and I was like, oh, my God, like – yeah, I wrote this, like, really optimistic thing coming out of it, but, like, even reading this optimistic poem about body image or whatever, uh, I, I even think about, oh, wow, like, there, there is clearly, like, a lot of pain there. Right. And I think that's something that's so much easier to look back on. Totally. Totally. For, for anybody. I don't think it matters, like, if you're an artist or, like, a musician or just, you know, someone that doesn't necessarily have any kind of like context for like art form or whatever just like an average yeah you know but I think that's that's something that everybody can definitely relate to and I don't know I just think it's interesting to even think about like what does it even mean now Mm -hmm. like 16 years later or However many years later, like, is it something that you can even still relate to as your own body of work or have you right. totally gotten past that? Yeah. I mean, I, who knows? You know, this, I could see why this was never played live, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And, and why it, you know, maybe didn't make the proper album. Here, here's here's a question for you, Kate. So we have talked, we've talked on this show about this album being the Goth Charlotte album. <laughs> so, and this is not this is not an either or. Like it does not have to be one or the other because I think they can often be quite related. See, My Chemical Romance. Uh. Is this song goth, and is this song emo? I think it's both. I think it is mm -hmm. entirely dependent on the person that's listening to it, what they sure. view it as. Because I, <laughs> I very much am an MCR girl as well. Yeah. I was supposed to see them so, yesterday. Yeah. I was supposed to see them. <laughs> actually, the weekend, the weekend that I was in New Jersey, I was supposed to be in Chicago for Riot Fest. Oh. Yeah. But at least I got to hang out with, you know, my best friend and her husband. Yeah. Those are the people that we were supposed to be going to Chicago with. Okay. So we still got to see them. But, yeah, I, um, I was very much that midline emo goth yeah. girl. I was always, like, on the darker spectrum of music anyway. Mm -hmm. So the, fa the fact that I was even, like, super into Good Charlotte to the point where I have lyrics tattooed on me and... I have the GC on the back of my elbow. My love sister it. and I went and got that done together oh, when we were, that. like, 19. I love that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I was even into them, like, 
seeing as how mainstream and poppy and you know <laughs> upbeat they could be yeah um it was very it seemed very out of character and i don't think very many people actually understood because i was you know far more mcr manson <laughs> grunge then this, this then this album comes and it's like yes. oh it makes sense now it yeah. makes sense yeah. now oh this is a k album mm-hmm. yeah yep sure yeah. is <laughs> i'm curious your thoughts on this and obviously you know we we do not know what was in their mindsets as they were writing this song or and of course we don't know because i could not find any interviews where they talked about this song you know nope. again it's a bonus track like of course but in your interpretation of the song kate it, the narrator of this song does he want to die is he happy or is he terrified like what what is the emotion what are you thinking is like in the headspace of this this narrator um i i think that they are more at peace with that decision yeah they like they've thought about it and they know um i think it's coming from a part where they're just very overwhelmed with life yeah and everything that's going on in their life and they i think especially when like when you look at the lyrics on my grave what does it say and then here lies another soul that was saved is extremely generic when you think about right, it. Right, right. It's something that is so generic. I don't know how many times I've just seen something, a similar epitaph on a gravestone. Right. And I think that they're coming from a place where, like, they don't know that what they've done is even worth anything, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I think. I don't think they're happy. I don't think the narrator of this song is per se happy no. about it. But I think they're like at least as close to being at peace as they can because they're like there is no other option. Like I have made my decision and that's just what it is. Right. And I think like if you're – because I know people that will come at it from a point where it's like – everything that is on a specific album is like when it's good charlotte oh that's exactly how benji and joel feel right that's exactly what's going on in there i mean i don't think either of them actually tried to kill a girl's ex-boyfriend out of jealousy (laughs) as in my bloody valentine i think that was clearly a metaphor right but i mean with an album as dark as chronicles is I can see where people are saying that, especially like when you, when you do look at the full album and I just want to live and then you have, you know, meet my maker. Yeah. It's a very clear, you know, holy cow, what is going on? Right. Right. And I, you know, look, there's artistic interpretation and like, we don't know exactly what Benji and or Joel were at when writing this song and and of course like that's a natural of them for that for that yeah and that's a natural thing to exaggerate or to paint a picture or tell a story out of what you feel like that's what artists do oh exactly and And it doesn't if you it doesn't you look at it honest right and if you look at it like as a career progression they were yeah 
I mean, they were huge when this album came out. Yeah. So yeah, I they think were, they were yeah. pulling from, you know, a feeling of maybe being overwhelmed while writing this album and it shows and that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. how they got it out. Yeah. It, it's okay to have those kind of feelings, even if you're quote unquote on top of the world, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. I think it's more natural to have those feelings when you're quote unquote on top of the world mm-hmm. because it's so hard to cope with some of the things that are coming at you, you know? Well, it's that and like the kind of idea that like I should be happy. So I'm not going to tell anyone when I'm sad. Like I, on a semi-related note, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure you're aware of seasonal depression, right? Oh, yeah. And I remember reading a study a few years ago that said that while a lot of people expected there to be a spike in suicides over the holidays, kind of, like winter as it's getting real cold, in fact, often, like, you know, some study found that a spike in suicides actually came towards the spring because people were depressed in the winter, but, like, they knew it was winter and they were like okay well maybe i'll feel better in the spring and then they then it's spring and they're like oh shit i don't feel any better (laughs) i Uh, thought this was supposed to go away yeah right which like right i i have been thinking about getting one of those uh lamps you know what i'm talking about the uh the sun lamps yeah I I am very lucky that my apartment right now, not, so my desk faces like a wall, so I'm just kind of staring <laughs> at a wall all day, but I do have, like, I have a balcony, so I have these, like, really big, like, full glass doors on my balcony, uh, so I just, like, leave the curtains open, I get, like, a ton of natural light coming in during the day, which is really nice, but I feel like it would do me good to bring one of those lamps in, but, you know, I make it a point, I get outside every single day, even in the dead of winter, and I'm working from home, I get outside every single day, <laughs> even if it's just to check the mail. Right. Yeah, I um, actually, that's, I might have to look into that too. I live on a ground floor apartment and like okay. one side of my apartment, like my bedroom window faces a forest. Ooh. And it's like, it's maybe 15 feet from my window to the tree line. Oh, Wow. There's no natural light that comes through there. Yeah, I. Uh, it's all very filtered and muted. And then I have a sunroom that does not get sun <laughs> because it is eastern facing. Yeah, I. You know, I had looked at an apartment that uh, I ended up writing off because I'm trying to move soon. But I ended up writing off this place for multiple other reasons. But that I mean, safety concerns. But like the sample unit they showed me for this two bedroom faced the woods. And I was just like, it did not have big windows or anything. It did not have a balcony. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. You know. Yeah. You know, other reasons I ended up writing off that place. But I, uh, I do really enjoy having a balcony, even if I don't sit on it, to have those, like, those big glass doors that I can just let all the light in. Oh, yeah. Oh, I completely understand that. I, I mean, I moved here from – I mean, I was born here. Right. So – and then I grew up in Colorado, and then I moved back because my dad's side of the family still lives out here. Okay. And I'm used to Colorado sun and, like, having sun so often. Yeah. 
And I don't necessarily get that here. So having a place that is kind of like a cave, because the way our apartments are built, like our living room only has the sliding glass doors that lead onto the sunroom. Mm-hmm. We don't have windows in the dining room or the kitchen because it's all, you know, it shares the wall with the other unit next to us. Mm. And I have a very small window in my bedroom. Mm. And if I had seen this place before we moved, we probably would not have rented it. Yeah. But it was one of those, we have to have a place to move to. We're moving with a pet and kids and we can't just like live in a hotel until we find something. We have to sign a lease before we pack up and move. Yeah. I'm putting, like, I I am very glad because I didn't even think when I was looking for this apartment a few years ago, I didn't even really think about, like, light and a balcony. (laughs) But I was just like, I just want a place that's close to work and I'm going to find the one that I can afford and that feels the safest close to work. Uh, And now I'm like, all right, I want to explore and branch out a little more. Yeah, we're starting to look at building a home. Ooh. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We get to, because I get to use my VA loan out here, because my V, well, that's one of the reasons why we moved, because my VA loan barely covered the cost of a house in Colorado, and that was assuming that you could get one for asking price. Mm -hmm. Often people are throwing like 50,000 over asking just to be considered. And the average better market in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the average home in Colorado, well in the Denver area right now is 604,000. Oh my God. And that's for like a 40 year old home. The average home price here is like 130,000. Oh my God. Obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, cost of living cheaper wages are less. Yeah. I can live with that. (laughs) I mean, obviously, Denver is not New York, but holy cow, is it expensive. It's expensive, yeah. That is so expensive. And I, we lived in the suburbs, but mm-hmm. where we Still, live. Still, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We lived in Littleton, and it's like a direct shot down three major, like, thoroughfares, I guess. Okay. And then there's the light rail, which is like their train system, ran in walking distance to my apartment where I lived. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I had a 60-year-old two-bedroom apartment for 400 more than what I'm paying for my – I mean, it's an older apartment, but my 1,400-square-foot right. three-bedroom apartment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I – I mean, look, I have a one-bedroom in New Jersey. You know, who knows where I'll end up. I'm kind of like – I'm it, pandemic has definitely affected my thinking of like, you know, before this it was like close to work. And then a lot of people it's like I just want to be like near, you know, the city or near the beach or like wherever concerts are happening. But I'm oh, like, yeah, hmm. I, I'm just like, hmm, like we're, we're spending a lot of time at home. So like I want a home to be comfortable. Right. And it – so it's funny that you say where concerts are happening because like, I grew up in Denver. Yeah. There are so many venues and so many concerts. And I mean, Red Rocks mm-hmm. says it all. There's nothing here. I live <laughs> between Raleigh, which is the capital. Yeah. And then Greensboro, which is, you know, a major tryout city. I live halfway between there. It's like a good 45 minutes either direction. 
I mean, there's shows in those places. There are. We saw some 41 in Raleigh last October. Would so Charlotte pre COVID show? Would Charlotte be getting more shows? Charlotte gets a lot more shows, but mm. Charlotte's also almost two hours away. Okay. Okay. So it's like, and it's like you have to yeah. plan to go to Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's doable. I mean, I've done enough turn and burns where I could be like, I'm oh, yeah. going to go to the show in Charlotte, drive <laughs> yep. home, go to sleep, get up for work, and be at work at 8 a.m. Yeah. Not ideal, but. Oh, we yeah. Many, I've, I've done, not, you know, to Charlotte, but like, I, I've frequently done, you know, oh, I'm just going to drive to Long Island or I'm going to like go into New York in the middle of the week. And that ends up taking a while. Right. Um, my friends that we went to see in New Jersey a couple weeks ago, when I saw some 41, they drove down, they left after work on Friday. Mind you, it's like an eight hour drive. Mm-hmm. So, and you have to go through DC. There's no yeah. real other way. So right, you'd go you're down always five probably, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, so you're always going to hit DC traffic. So they drove from where they were in New Jersey down here, got here at like 3.30 in the morning on Saturday. Oh, Saturday nice. night was the Sum 41 show. So drove, you know, 45 minutes into Raleigh for the Sum 41 show and then had to drive back because my dad was here watching the kids for us. Oh so it's not God. like we could just stay in Raleigh for the night. And then they had to turn around and get up. And drive back to New Jersey because they had to be at work on Monday. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've done that. Like, there there was, you know, a weekend where I was in Cleveland, Ohio for school, and I left class at 4 o'clock to drive home for a show that weekend and ended up staying with a friend in Stroudsburg because, like, a storm hit. And I was, like, an hour from Stroudsburg, and I was just like, all right, I could maybe make it to Stroudsburg, but I'm not making it all the way home. Um, <laughs> So conveniently, the show I wanted to go to was in Stroudsburg. So well, it worked know, out. I still saw my parents. Like, it was fine. Oh, at least it works out, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it worked out. But, like, I've, uh, yeah, I've been there with this, like, real quick turnaround trips. Oh, yeah. I've looked at going up to Virginia for shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've already told my fiancé that, you know, next time GC does a tour because they're, you know, my band. Mm-hmm. I'm following them because now we live on the East Coast. Right. So it's like you can go to, you know, if they play Charlotte and then they play Richmond, Virginia, and then they play Baltimore, then they play Philly and say New Jersey, Starland and New York uh and Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's frequently. So they frequently hit, well, they have hit Myrtle Beach. So that's like four hours away from me. Okay, so Myrtle so you Beach, start there. Yeah. Charlotte. So Myrtle Beach to Charlotte to Raleigh, because the last tour they did, they hit Charlotte and Raleigh. Ooh. So Charlotte, Raleigh, they drive by my house. I live right off the highway. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> and then up to Virginia to Norfolk. Yep. Because, you know, Norva. And then straight up. Yeah. I, I already warned them. I'm like, you're not going to see me yeah. for like – and I don't care. And I'm getting VIP for every night. So yeah. he just rolled his eyes and said, okay, whatever. <laughs> hey, as long as he's supportive. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, and I mean, you would have, you know, I'm sure. I think about that too, when it's safe to uh, to 
when it's safe for bands to tour again, I'm like, all right, like I really want to, cause there's like so many people that I want to meet that I've like connected with uh, through the show and everything. So I'm like, all right, I really want to make sure I, I hit at least a couple shows on the East coast. Right. And see, and that's nothing I could never even imagine doing that living in Colorado. Yeah. Cause right. Cause it would be like what? Eight hours to the nearest other city. Um, at a minimum. I mean, I'm trying to think. The Salt last, Lake is what eight hours, I think. Uh, at least, yeah. I don't. I never went west really when I was in Colorado. Like I've never been to the West Coast. Oh, really? So yeah, I did. I did the drive from Denver to Salt Lake on tour multiple times, and that's like about eight hours. I want to say. Yeah, and that's not a very fun drive. I mean, I've driven from. Denver to Grand Junction multiple times. It's not a very fun drive. Yeah. There's, there's nowhere driving around Colorado. That's very fun. Like I would rather die than drive through (laughs) Nebraska or Kansas or Oklahoma ever again. Well, I remember, I remember being on tour and we had like, it was a college tour and like we were in like the Denver area we were, no, we were Boulder and then Denver. So, like, you know, same kind okay. of area. Yeah. And then we had a few days off. We had a weekend off to get to Salt Lake City. But we were like, yo, let's just, you know, take the night to drive to Salt Lake City. Um, and let's just drive right to Salt Lake City. Because we had looked up and we were like, maybe we'll find somewhere along the way and we can stop and, like, explore some cute little town. And there was, like, nothing in between that we could, like, that we were like, no. all right, this is – I mean, I'm sure there were hotels – on you know off the highway in between right, right? like there have there's, to be but there there were no resorts. like towns yeah no right there's there ski were, resorts and they're all very like uppity yeah you have to have money like beaver creek and not, aspen and not places that we were gonna find a budget a, a non-profit budget hotel no, no not at all uh, <laughs> definitely um, not <laughs> so kate so one thing i wanted to talk about with this song is the idea of God. So, look, he's talking about meeting his maker, God, clearly. Right. Do you see this as being Christian? In high school, probably, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, my beliefs are far different, and I would say more of, like, universal, like, like just the creator aspect of everything. Cause obviously we all got here somehow, right? There's some sort of higher power, whether it be the Christian God or, you know, Allah or whatever, whatever it is. My belief is meet my maker. It's not, they don't come right out and say God. Right. That's true. So, I actually don't know. They've had several songs that are about faith yes. in some way or that have mentioned it. But I'm trying to think if they've if they've ever actually said God. I don't know that I've ever actually listened for that. Yeah, neither have I. I mean Because I know the river obviously is like you know, baptized in the river is pretty yeah. A pretty obvious meaning. Like the prodigal prodigal son, yeah. I mean Exactly. Um you know, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on song names right now. I mean right where I belong. But 
obviously. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of too. I was just, yeah. um, so yeah, right where I belong, the river, obvious, you know, undertones meet my maker. Yes. I would say has some sort of religious belief undertones. And I think it's more up to the listener for like their yeah. interpretation. Yeah. I mean, that's mostly what I think. And I feel like pretty much any time, despite, you know, they are Christians, you know, members of Good Charlotte, but there's a difference between a song that is like a Christian song versus right. a song that like mentions your faith or belief in God as like an important aspect of who you are and how you see the world. Overall, yeah, I feel like there is like a very universal kind of feeling to this wondering about an afterlife about your maker and who that maker really is i think right. it's very universal to all religions mm-hmm. and i think they do such a great job not alienating certain members of their right. fan base right by like, doing it that I'm, way i'm jewish right right um the only thing i will say is the line where he says here lies another soul that was saved that to me that's christian line like that is that is very Jews. Jews, yes. we don't talk about our souls being saved. We do right. not. That the you know, uh, but I also feel like there's like some questioning in this song, possibly. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, I my views. I don't believe that we necessarily have souls to save. Okay, I think we're like because if you've ever looked at like my twitter page my mm-hmm. my cover picture whatever it is says we're all recycled stardust mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i very much believe like what most people perceive as a soul is just different pieces of other beings just like coming together to make okay. this this person not necessarily reincarnation or anything like that it's just but there there is like yeah you know, I remember reading in one of my science textbooks many years ago, because uh, I was, like, real good at science, um, that you've pretty much breathed in, theoretically, you could have breathed in atoms from, like, any other person, right? right. You could have breathed in air molecules that some other, that any other person in history has breathed in, because air circulates, right? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean... I don't know. It it's a lot to ponder for sure. It is. And when I think, you know, our ages when this album came out, none of us were ever actually gonna think about it like that. No. It's not no. it's definitely not until we've gotten older where we're like, hmm. No, I mean we come out and we're this album comes out and we're all like, Oh fuck, I'm so sad, I'm so emo, nobody right. understands the you know. Right. That so there's that um that post that goes around on Facebook with like John Mulaney as pop punk band quotes. Oh, I haven't seen that. So they do like from first to last and Mayday Parade and MCR. Good Charlotte's not in there and I'm very sad. I'm going to have to make one. Yes. But it's very accurate because he says for MCR, it's remember being 12 and you're like, don't look at me or I'll kill myself. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly like that time frame when this album came out. That's how so many people just like, yeah, we all were like, don't look at me. I'm horrible. 
the world sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, that, that very much, I think, relates to, like, how a lot of us were when this album came out. Definitely how yeah. I was. Yes. Kate, so, you know, whenever we have a conversation like this that gets really intense, I like to add some hope into it. I think that's, number one, that's kind of always what Good Charlotte did. Like, I think they always tried to give you some hope through their music, or they always try to give you some hope for their music. I don't know why I'm talking in the past tense. But it's, it's also, that's, like, what I want to do with this show is, like, I don't want people to listen and be like, oh, shit, that was really dark. I'm this not This is really listen. heavy. I can't yeah, do it. I'm not going to listen to this again. Uh, so what, what, uh, can you talk about what gives you hope when, uh, or what makes you smile when, you know, everything just feels really rough? Um, I mean, obviously I'm going to be really cliche here mm-hmm. and do the whole mom thing and be like, my kids, yeah. Aww. I mean, they, they're the reason why I go insane, but, yeah. <laughs> um, my, my youngest is four and she is already very much into music. I love that. So she'll just randomly bust out into song. Like, her favorite song right now is Bad Guy. By Billie Eilish? Yes. That's adorable. <laughs> and she'll randomly just burst into song and start singing it. And then my eight-year-old, she actually, her first concert was Good Charlotte. And we, I got Amazing. her VIP. We met them. We did the, the um, sound check. And so, you know, I'll go into her room and she has her bandit because it was the generation rx tour she has Hmm. her bandana that we all got hanging on her wall with her lanyard and i don't know they're just pretty great kids that always you know try to make them better people for this world because yeah obviously we can't save this world right Hopefully the kids can. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hopefully the next generation, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think think for me lately, despite it being clearly a thing that's stressing me out, uh, the idea of moving gives me a lot of hope. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, all right, I can be be somewhere different. I can leave this, this current apartment. I am not actually stuck in this current apartment for all of eternity. Uh-huh. I can move. I can go somewhere else. I can I can look at things that are not same four trees I've been looking at for the past three years. You know, I can go to a different coffee shop, a different grocery store. Uh, right. That's been a big thing that's given me a lot of hope, I think. And I mean, in terms of what makes me smile, I don't know. I mean, my parents' dog... Dobby, who you've seen on the internet. I have. He's He's, adorable. He's very cute. He's also very fluffy. Looks like he (laughs) might be like part Pomeranian, but the DNA test didn't show that. Uh, He never fails to make me smile. And there's been many a, you know, bad day, a stressful week where I just say, all right, mom and dad, I'm coming up to see the dog. (laughs) And I just like, and I'll drive up after work and I will, you know, just walk in and I will the dog will run up and he'll 
give me kisses and he'll ask me to pick him up and I'll, I'll cuddle with him and I'll be sitting and they'll be like, do you want to stay for dinner? And I was like, well, um, I guess I could, but I was really just coming up to see the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I actually don't know that I would have survived this quarantine crazy yeah. world the last few months as well as I have if I didn't have my dog. Well, it's, I, I've heard that like a lot of shelters, especially at the beginning of quarantine, I think a lot of people like kind of ran out and adopted, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just I, hope that they keep them. Right. I know. Cause that's my biggest thing. Like don't ever gift animals. Never. Don't, yeah. D- just don't, don't, you know, get a dog and then be like, Oh, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. Right. Like, right. Yeah, I I have issues with that. And I'm always very interested to see, like, what's going to happen in the next few months as more places hopefully start. Yeah, yeah, hopefully start opening up. But I mean, I feel like it will realistically be a while before everyone is full time back in offices. Uh, you know, number one in big cities, because people are not going to want to be crowding onto NJ Transit. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen like a photo of Penn Station at 5 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. on a weekday, but like it is insane. And you could be on a train for an hour home and like, right. I mean, it. you might not get a seat right away. Usually you're a couple stops out and, you know, you'd probably get a seat uh, eventually, but like New York to Secaucus, New York to Secaucus to Newark, whatever station in Newark, like it's going to be packed. Like you're not, you probably, you like may or may not get a seat. Uh, and I feel like people are not going to want to do that. I certainly would not. I mean, I, I, I would hope that the majority of people don't want to do that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I would- looking at apartments right now and, you know, places will say like, oh, we're, you know, we have, there's a bus stop right outside or we're five minutes from the train and I'm just like, or or we're, you know, we're in this city and we've got this light rail and I'm just like, I am, you know, who knows, maybe it would change if I were to live in a city where it made more sense. Uh, Right. But right now I'm like, "Mm, I'm just not going to be taking public transit for a good long while as much as I can avoid it. Right. I, yeah, I'm not stoked about these flights that I have to take, but yeah. I mean, I I don't have a choice. I have to get my son out to Colorado to see his dad. And that would be like multiple days of driving each way. Oh yeah. It's 27 hours one way. Right. So that's like, cause I've done that. It's three not out. That's like two to three very long driving days. Yeah. Yes. Especially with children and a dog. We're not taking the dog <laughs> with us. So yeah. But yeah, I'm really hoping that, you know, people don't rush back to everything. Yeah. I, I would like this craziness to end eventually so I can get back to live music. And but I feel like if it's going to end, we've got to, like, take our time, you know? Yes. That's that's my oh, absolutely my thought. You know, we've got to take our time because if we rush, then we're just going to lead to, like, you know, multiple additional waves, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, Kate, did you have any, like, specific memories or stories you wanted to share about Meet My Maker? Um, as weird as it is, it's actually one of the first songs that came on after my brother died, which is very odd. Yeah. Um, Timing. Yeah. Timing universe. I don't, 
because I always look for messages and like the timing of stuff and like the universe is saying this. So that was weird. And that's like the one that sticks yeah. out the most. Cause like I said earlier, I mean the, the song is literally on every single playlist. Like yeah. you can look at, I still have my big brick 164 gig iPod. Amazing. I still have it. And every single playlist has my maker on it. It's on my Spotify playlist. It's on, it's probably like, if you ask my sister, it's probably on a bunch of mix CDs I made for her at one point. Like, you did, but, it's just one of those songs you feel like that kind of spiritual connection to. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I get it. But yeah, it is one of the first, I think the first song that came on after I found out that he, had passed was landslide oh wow yeah and then meet my maker what an emotional ride mm-hmm. yeah that's wow that's so intense uh so there was not much of a critical response to this song i mean it's a bonus track right so right i, I think a lot of critics uh, you know who knows like i I don't know. In all my years of music journalism, I didn't necessarily get the bonus tracks in my reviews, in my review copies. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. by the time I was writing in 2011, pretty much anything I got was digital. I, I got right. maybe a handful of CDs over the years, over eight and a half years. Uh, at this time, I think probably CDs were still being sent out to reviewers. Uh so I don't know, like, which version they got or if they got a separate version that just didn't have bonus tracks. Who knows? Uh, yeah. A website called IGN called it almost tolerable. Oh, so like, okay. Yeah, so, like, I just found this today on my lunch break. I was doing some searching. And uh, this was, to me, like, this, to me, was very much, like, you know, this person will say – I'll read it in a second – but this person goes on to say that they, like, weren't prejudiced going in, but, like, the amount of anger in, and hatred and dis- pure disdain, like, absolute disdain and, like, shame towards this band, that to me is that, – that's not someone with no prejudice towards this band. Right. So, so, okay. Highlight. Good Charlotte. Bad album. Sort of clever probably not the first one who has said some definitely not the first some person who has you know tried to make a pun like that though right uh i'm gonna read bits and pieces so he says the road to hell is paved with good intentions and it is with absolutely no reservation that i declare listening to the chronicles of life and death to be the most painful thing in the world Wow. To create an album such as this is no small feat. I had the fortune of approaching Good Charlotte's latest effort with a mind free from prejudice. I had never heard their attempts at making music before, and I am not one to pay any mind to the elitist masses who listen to one misguided song or see one TRL appearance and decide to ruthlessly attack a band till the end of time. There are many fans out there, however, who approach every new band with a mindset that could it could very quickly become a favorite. It was with this sense of hope that I eagerly slid Chronicles into my stereo and hit play. Okay, so, like, I hear that, and I don't know about you, okay, but I hear I hear that, and I am like, this is absolutely someone that is very prejudiced against this band. I like, call bullshit well, immediately. It, <laughs> there is just, 
40 minutes later, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I only knew what to say. A group of people armed with a pen and a few instruments would have to try, actually tried to create something this unapologetically bad. I said that to anyone who would listen. Then I drove a sledgehammer through my stereo and slept for two days. Wow. Goes on to say, the simple fact is that there are no good songs on Good Charlotte's The Chronicles of Life and Death. Absolutely none. Meet My Maker, the secret track from the death version of the record. There are two collectible editions, Life and Death, each with its own cover art and secret song, How Punk, is actually almost tolerable. My issue with this review is not that they don't like it. It's the fact that this person is like, Saying it's bad, it's bad, this is how bad it is. But he's not actually saying why it's bad. Right. He. I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I totally. think that opinion is wrong. But Totally, but like, you know. There's there's no critique. There's no... This is know. not an A-plus essay. You know, no. like, your English teacher may or may not agree with your, you know, persuasive essay... What they care right. about is, like, do you make points that relate to your argument and do you provide supporting evidence? Right. That wouldn't have even gotten me a C in high school English. Right. Like, right. if I had handed that into my college professor, she would have taken one look at it and thrown it back at me and been like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Right. It, it's, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I remember the days of, you know, writing – papers and persuasive papers and debates Uh and such in school and it was like it you know this is a thing that you kind of don't necessarily realize when you're 14 and have to write a paper arguing something but like it wasn't really about the point it was about learning how to construct an argument right Uh, and this person is like not convincing me of anything except that they have come into this album with a great deal of prejudice because oh, yeah, especially talking about, like, oh, the f- one appearance on TL- TRL, what, you saw right. five dudes in all black and guyliner and just decided you hated them because... Well, no, it's like, he, it even sounds like this reviewer is saying that they are not one of those people that just attacks a band because they saw them on TRL. Right. So I'm like, oh, you're too pretentious for the normal pretentious assholes? Like, is that what's going on? Mm, it sounds like it. Just- I, I, I mean, look, they don't have to like it. And there's plenty no. of stuff that's very popular that I just do not understand. Oh, yeah. I have never quite gotten Katy Perry. I do love Katy Perry. I am what? not a Taylor yeah. Swift person. See, I'm a Taylor Swift person. So maybe that's yeah. why I, I kind of never got Katy Perry, you know? Yeah, I don't. I I had an ex that was very into Taylor Swift. Like, okay, we fair. would get in the car and that's all he would play. And I'm like, can, can we not? Can <laughs> Can we not? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know that that's really why I don't like her. I've just never been into her. But yeah. that's fine. Yeah. You know? But I'm also not going to sit there and write a very, like, non-argumentative right. if you're review gonna, of her music. Like, that's the thing. It's like, if you can, you can use, like, similes and metaphors and such in your reviews, but... You have to make your argument clear. You can't just right. pull these, like, negative, terrible statements out of your ass. Right. And saying this song <laughs> is almost tolerable. Well, what makes the right. other what? songs not good? What well, and what, this what makes this song, song almost almost tolerable? What, what's exactly. better? Is it the vocals? Is it 
oh, you know what? I picked up on the fact that someone else mixed this song, a different person than who mixed the rest of the album, and I think that's what did it. Is right, because it, it could... subject matter? Is it, yeah. like... It could very easily be, you know, this person just mixed it better, and it it's... Sure, you know, yeah. Or... Yeah, I this is the most emotional song on the album, and so I think it's the best, or this is the catchiest. Like, right. yeah, that's <sighs> I don't know. And, and again, I was just picking sentences out of that review, and and it was it was very long, uh, and so that's why I didn't like copy the whole thing. <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, that sounds like it could have been very long. <laughs> yeah, and very long winded, full of nothing. Very long winded, and I did not get the name. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to make a gross assumption here. The reviewer of that record was a man, was a straight, white, Christian man. I'm going to say that's a very fair assumption. Of course that is an assumption. I could be totally wrong. Right. I make that assumption because straight, white, you know, somewhat Christian men have a lot of privilege in the U.S., and they tend to think their opinions are incredibly correct and that everyone else Mm -hmm. is wrong, so they often get joy out of dunking and trashing other people's. Yes. I am going to look at this name, and of course, you know, look, of course, we don't know if the person who wrote this could be transgender, or I don't want to say their name for sure will tell me how right. this person identifies and it i mean at this point it could be you know their dead name and they've grown up and yeah okay who so they it, really are it just says jr all right and the review although the review went uh went up november 10th of 2004 the article was updated in 2012 so that's interesting hmm. uh yeah i mean this that was definitely like it could also be you know thinking of the time frame and my experiences in like high school and early college being Mm -hmm. me who who I am I've always been very much like alternative sure just having the initials JR could also be some like Abercrombie and Fitch wearing little white girl trying to you seem know. edgy yes yeah totally totally either way their opinion is wrong in my eyes yeah. but that is my opinion oh it <laughs> you're right right and, exactly this is our opinion about someone else's right. opinion about someone right. else's art like you're you're entitled to your wrong opinion however however but, present three relevant arguments and three pieces of evidence that support right, each of those arguments. Cite your sources. Cite your sources, yeah. Tell yeah. me tell me a line that you like. Tell me a guitar part that you think was stupid. Like Right. Yeah. Um I I do want to read some fan comments on songmeetings.com. Uh because these are always really fun. <laughs> so <laughs> User Super Squad said, Meet My Maker is awesome. It's about death and how it's this guy's last night to live, wondering if he lived his life right. I loved the instrumental part after the second chorus. Kicks ass! <laughs> uh, user 
Maid Chick says, eh, this song's much better than Mountain. Okay. That's Mm. totally fine to have that opinion. I'm just curious, like, what makes them say that? Because I don't necessarily see this song and Mountain as, like, competitors. I don't think you can necessarily compare the two. They're totally different songs. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, A lot of people debating whether it's about, you know, someone considering suicide and, like, making a choice to take their life versus someone who is, like, on their deathbed and and ill. Um, Right. But a couple I'm going to read. User Taste the Courage says, it's a total and utter contradiction. Someone wants to see God, so they kill themselves. Not a good idea. Obviously, it's against the Bible. Self-murder and murders against the Bible. Okay. You know, that goes along with the, in my opinion, problematic view of calling suicide sin. Right. Because I think that just makes people ashamed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's all it does. Yeah. Uh user broken to pieces had a sort of similar view they said okay as much as i love gc and have all their albums etc and i fucking love this song i have to say one thing contradiction in terms good charlotte are all relatively religious hell benji tries to force christianity on the crowd at concerts never sorry what yeah Having been, pushed, having been pushed through RC schooling all my life, I know for a fact that suicide is a mortal sin and that people oh, who Lord. commit suicide aren't supposed to go to heaven. This song is about killing himself so you can go to heaven to meet his maker, God, in heaven. Personally, I'm atheist, so I don't care, but I thought I might let you know that small detail, seeing as no one has figured that part out yet. Toodles. See, but that also requires coming at this from a very, you know christian viewpoint right 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 Uh, as i mean i don't view that as a mortal sin and you know for me there is no heaven or hell so right yeah i but that's hilarious though and that last that last comment is like well, no, and then, like, leading up to that, for me, I'm atheist. Okay, right. so why are you arguing this? Like, this, I think, what are I think, you getting out of it? Well, this person said RC schooling. I guess that means, like, they went to Catholic school or something. Uh, I, and I, I know a handful of people that are not religious or Catholic that had gone to Catholic school, so they are well-versed in the ideology, even if they don't drink the Kool-Aid. Right. Oh, no, I've I've taken – you know, theology classes. I took theology classes in college. I've read the Bible from cover to cover. I've, you know, I I mean, I grew up in a very religious home, but I also stopped that train in high school, middle school, actually. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to know what, like, why people thought this way. Right. And pick it apart. So I've, I've read it and I am well versed. But, I mean, that's coming from an indoctrinated viewpoint because, you know, like, like I, I guess I'm, I don't necessarily know how to say what I'm trying to say. I don't know if it's making any sense, but making a statement that says I'm 
atheist. I don't care. But I went to RC school, you know, and this, 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 this is a mortal sin. This is very contradictory. Okay, that's making the assumption that everybody else is believing that way. And if right. you are, you know, an atheist and don't believe in that, why even bother bringing it up? Right. Knowing that there's people out there that don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of interesting to read these comments because I was like, you know, first of all, this is definitely like, like teens that were writing these comments. Oh, absolutely. Probably for the most part, right? Because that was absolutely. like majority who their audience was at that time. And their mm-hmm. audience now, I think, is majority people who were teens at that time. Right. Uh, and all and, of our kids. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and now, and now it's like people are old enough that they have kids, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting to see like relatively young people debate like really big topics like religion and the afterlife and sin yeah and then because i i've actually had this debate with my son because Mm -hmm. his dad is like not necessarily evangelical but like that weird like obama was anti-christ okay yeah yeah and so he was pushing that on my son my son is 12 Mm. now so actually, he's the age I was when I got into Good Charlotte. Wow. Roughly. Yeah, that's mind-blowing. <laughs> that's um, yeah. Absolutely. And so I've actually had these debates with him. And, like, when you're that age and, like, high school and stuff, you're pretty much just regurgitating what's told to you. Right, right. You're not looking at it from any other viewpoint you're not like you're just like repeating everything that's been either shoved down your throat or you maybe you really do believe it but you also don't have the life experience to look at it from another point of view yeah which is all you know is what you know right and it's hysterical now looking back on these because now i want to know like what these people are thinking of the song now. Right. Right. Like that would be absolutely fascinating. If like that last person that left that comment just happened upon this podcast, if you're yeah. out there, let us know what you think now. Cause I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be curious like what these people, what these people think of this song now. So Kate, on a very related note, what, do you think of this song now? How has Meet My Maker held up for you over time? It's still one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, I probably don't listen to it nearly as much as I did back in, like, darker times in my life. Understandable. Um, obviously, it's been on heavy rotation this past week, getting ready for today and, like, yeah. refreshing myself on everything. Not that I couldn't sing it forwards and backwards right. without it. but. <laughs> um, it's still, I mean, it's still a really solid song in my book. Like, yeah. I really don't have very many critiques about it. Yeah. So, but that's also, you know, I'm not a music expert. I have other forms of art that I yeah. pick apart. So. Yeah. I, uh, I love that. 
So what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? Uh, I mean, they've always been like my go-to band. Yeah. And they've always been a band that I turn to their music like at any point in my life, like whether things are going really good, there's always something that I can relate to in their music, even the sadder songs or when things are going really, really bad. Like I still turn to, you know, specific songs or, you know, I mean, I'll just sit down and watch their video collection, that DVD that I somehow still have. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I think that for me, like, I kind of, I mean, we all grew up with them. Yeah. But now, you know, as being in my 30s, I can now relate more and, like, understand more about their music and, like, who they are as people through their music. I told, yeah, exactly, yes, yes. And I, I relate a lot more especially obviously than I did at 15 when you know this is a really sad song I'm gonna go paint my paint my nails black and put on my trip pants did you ever color your nails black with a sharpie because I did that I actually started that in elementary school nice like so I was super into Spice Girls in elementary school and I wait who was your favorite Spice Girl sporty I was baby Spice now it's ginger. Okay. Okay. Um, so I would like get under my desk in like third grade and like draw Sporty's tattoos on me with Sharpie. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I would draw her nose ring like on my nose. So like by the end of the day, I had this big black spot on my nose. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. And I would color my nails black with Sharpie. All the time. I used to get in so much trouble for that. Yeah. So much trouble. And then my <laughs> my dad is actually the one that bought me my first bottle of black nail polish when I was 11. He, was he like, all right, all right, I don't like this, but this is better than you putting a Sharpie on your nails? <laughs> no, actually, so my dad is probably the most, like, supportive and the one that understands oh, really? me the most in my whole family because I was raised by my mom's side of the family. Okay. Um, and my dad is a musician and he does, when I was growing up, it was a lot more rock and like heavier stuff. Now it's more like folky music. Mm -hmm. Um, so he actually gave me my first guitar when I was in eighth grade. It was his first guitar. Not that I can play because I was never (laughs) encouraged. My mom's side of the family never encouraged it. Oh, wow. So... But he, he's the one that got me my first CD player, my first Walkman, like my first albums all came from my dad. And actually, he might be the reason that I started hearing Good Charlotte because he was on the East Coast when they were starting to get bigger. Oh, wow. And I was in Colorado, so he would like send me music or let me listen to music when I was out here visiting. Um, but yeah, he... He bought me my first bottle of black nail polish when I was 11. Yeah. And then told me to hide it from my grandparents, which <laughs> is damn near impossible. It's nail polish. Right. I mean, right. it stinks. Yeah. And it's really hard to get off. Yep. Well, and then, 
so then he uh, took me and got my belly button pierced for me. Took me to get my belly button pierced when wow. I was 15. Yep. I think my parents were just, like, they did not like, even when I got tattoos and piercings, they did not like them. But, you know, when I would, like, dye my hair and paint my nails, I think they were probably like, all right, like, she's doing this. She could be doing a lot worse things if she's going to be a rebel. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of worse things she could do. Right. I wish my grandparents had had that viewpoint. Right. Because I wasn't allowed to dye my hair unless it was, like, a natural color. So... Seventh grade, we dyed my hair. I have dark. My natural hair color is very dark. Okay. I wanted to go blonde. Yeah. Oh. With box dye. I mean, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I can't say cover. I recommend it. No, not recommended. Zero ten. Yeah. Um, I had copper hair for like three years. Okay. Yeah, which I mean could be worse, but yeah. I was never allowed to have like bright crazy colors. Like I couldn't wear finally when I hit high school, I started being able to get like the trip pants and I got my first <laughs> pair of Converse when I was in my freshman year. I still have my first pair of Converse. I haven't worn them in a while, but I still have the first pair. Oh, I go through Converse like can't. I still wear Converse constantly in vans. I- the first pair I got were pink and orange plaid. Uh, oh. Not too long after that, I got these, like, black ones with, like, pink insoles that those were, like, the cool ones. Those right. were the ones I, like, rode all over and I would doodle on. Those are long destroyed. The pink and orange ones just didn't get as much wear as right. the other ones. Like, I had black and gray plaid. Uh, I almost wore them. I just – I haven't found them as comfortable, but, like – my actual running shoes nowadays are, like, totally destroyed, and I just, like, really need new sneakers. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> maybe I'll just pull out the Converse to, like, because my running shoes are gone. Right. I actually, so I just opened my closet door, mm-hmm. and on my closet shelf, I have a pair of all-black high tops Okay. that I got in high school. And I have a pair of the white high tops. Ooh. That I got in so much because you know they're not very cheap, and I yeah. didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. So for my grandparents to go out and buy me Converse was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, I have. They're painted like my mm-hmm. best friend painted on them. I have Sid Vicious lives written on the back of them. Yes. Um. Let's see. I don't know if I can reach them. I have a bunch of my son's stuff in my closet, but. There we go. I have I heart the 80s because, you know, high school that was the cool thing. Yeah. Somewhere I have the GC logo drawn on it. Amazing. Cuz that that was on everything. Um something about sniffing glue. <laughs> <laughs> um I have Boulevard of Broken Dreams lyrics written on it. Amazing. 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 Johnny Depp quotes. I think I probably drew the heart grenade on, you know, a couple pairs of Converse. Oh, yeah. Or I tried to draw the heart grenade anyway. Yeah, I can't draw. So all of this (laughs) is like. It's like doodles. Yes. Let's see. Yeah, I don't even know. I have All Die Alone written on my... Because that's not emo. (laughs) I don't even know what that's from. Yeah, All Die Alone, Quoth the Raven, Nevermore. Oh, my God. 
everyone loves a drunk Irish girl for whatever reason because I was totally drinking in high school. Oh, my God. But yeah, that's the I oldest pair of Converse that I own. I'll <laughs> have you, to. Yeah, will you send me a picture? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Kate, this has it's, been amazing. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Kate, do you have any last words about Meet My Maker, about Good Charlotte, or about yourself? Um, I don't think so. I'm just really looking forward to when all of this is over and I can go see them again. Same big mood. Big mood. And next time I'm in Jersey, I will, we'll have to get together so I can Please. say hi. Oh my yes. gosh. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll coordinate a good Charlotte party when they tour Jersey. Yes. Oh, and so when you had mentioned the, you know, the punny line about like bad Charlotte or whatever. Yes. So have you seen Letterkenny? No. So they're talking about a fight and Letterkenny between like the main character and this other guy. And one of the characters says, I haven't seen hits like that since good Charlotte played warp tour in 2004. Oh, <laughs> and then the main character. And at first, when I first heard it, I was like, wait, what did he just say? Cause you know, anybody insults GC, I'm sorry. Gloves are coming off. Those are, you know, and but he was like, more though. like, yes. He's like, more like, not very good, Charlotte. And then my friend's <laughs> husband was like, no, 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 no. He's talking about the guy throwing the punches, not GC. Calm yourself. That's hilarious. That's so but, funny. Yeah. I, that was the last place I expected a good Charlotte reference was yeah. Letter Kenny. Yeah. Uh, Kate, before we head out, I'm doing a good Charlotte, uh, Generation GC and Friends spotify playlist where i include the song that we talk about on the show as well as a recommendation from our guest i'm definitely going to have to pick a spice girls song since we just had that fun little back and forth uh oh, maybe yeah. maybe an mcr song too since we talked about them a bit but can you leave our guests with a recommendation um currently i've been super heavy into sleep token okay i'm not familiar so I haven't really looked into them because I, when I do fall into the rabbit hole of research, it's never about things that are useful in conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they're out of, I think it's just one person. So I think he's out of the UK. Okay. Um, And they're very like electronic. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that came billy had tweeted about him and i was like oh i'm gonna jump on and see because you know any any of them recommend music and i'm like yes i will at least try it yes but i fell in love and the main one that one of my friends says is very much me is called sugar okay so it's sugar by sleep token okay and yes it's heavy rotation lately amazing i can't wait to check it out kate Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, is there anywhere people can keep up with you on the internet? I am on Twitter as BlackJade27, I believe. Okay. Is my Twitter handle. And then Instagram is 
Phoenix Jade 27. And I kind of have social media accounts for my author pen name or whatever. Cool. And that is the Delaney Park. Okay. I think that's the same on both Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. Not that I'm doing very much with that right now, but yes. You, you can yeah. find me there and keep up with any of that if you are interested. Amazing. Kate, thank you so much. This has been like one of our longest episodes yet. Amazing. What a great <laughs> well, thank conversation. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in for this awesome conversation. Last week, we talked about moving on from The Young and the Hopeless. Next week, we'll be back talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. My name is Molly Huddleston. I've been your host. You can keep up with Generation GC at Generation GC Pod P-O-D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleston, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N on Twitter and Instagram. Please make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you leave a podcast. Rate it, leave a review, and tell a friend because word of mouth is a great way to grow our audience and make this bigger and better. Thanks for all tuning in. Catch you next week.